Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, back with another edition of our Preps podcast. This is Kyle Nedenrip from the Indy Star, and again, joined by uh, the Indiana basketball source guys, uh, Trevor Andershock and Jeff Shanley, the Shark, a.k.a. the Shark, uh, joining us again. And uh, thanks for coming on with us, guys. Thanks for being in the Shark Tank. As always, Kyle, <laughs> as always. Well, we're previewing the semi-state and, and looking back a little bit at uh, what happened last week in the regional. And uh, I think locally, maybe the biggest surprise – and Jeff, you and I were both at this game. Was uh, was Ben Davis uh, knocking off Lawrence Central in the morning game there at Southport, and then uh, going on to win the the game against New Pal uh, later in the evening. But you know, kind of, and that'll set up a big matchup down in the in the South at at the Hatchet House uh, in the semi state, where uh, Ben Davis will take on Center Grove. But you know, kind of looking back at that Ben Davis game, um, I really thought they did everything perfectly basically in that game Jalen Wyndham uh, shot the ball really well uh, Dewan Jones in the fourth quarter really turned it on and uh, they also benefited I think from from LC definitely not playing at their best uh, in that game uh, but but a lot of credit to Don Carlisle and that team uh, you know not not a, I wouldn't say a major upset but but nonetheless you know 75-65 and uh, really I thought dominated the fourth quarter of that game yeah certainly unexpected I think um I know I had talked with Trevor about this. I think I had talked with you about this, too, when we got there. Was I thought LC really had a chance to kind of turn Ben Davis's guards over and generate some easy offense, and I thought that was the key, in my opinion, was they really didn't get a whole lot of forced turnovers and get out and transition a bunch. I thought, um, you know, the guard play from Ben Davis really – kind of held off LC in any advance they made. I know Dre Davis had a big third quarter, um, but that was, that was I think, the key was really Ben Davis limiting turnovers and then being able to get it to Dewan Jones late, getting it to Jalen Wyndham, who when he gets going and, you know, you you were there, you saw the shots he, he hits. I mean, those shots are terrible shots for 99% of the, the kids in the state, but with him, I mean, there's no shot that's off limits that he can't hit. No, he played. Uh, he played really well. I think maybe it's it's funny he wasn't named All Mick the the leading up to the game uh, the week you know a couple of days before, and it's only a twelve you know, member team, but but that was a head scratcher and maybe kind of focused him to uh, to have that kind of performance. But uh, and he's been a big part of that team ever since they were he was a sophomore and uh, they he won led state him in scoring in the state title game. Yeah, he he was a, a big part of that team and and. Uh, so I think maybe that you know kind of focused him in a little bit, and and you know now you know kind of sets up a. It's funny these teams, Ben Davis and Center Grove tied for sixth in the Mick uh, this season, probably partly a lot the same because you know they they somewhat struggle with turnovers sometimes, and um, you know just inconsistent sometimes offensively. But here they are uh, playing for the shot at a state championship. What do you, Trevor? What do you kind of see out of this matchup and and how do you think uh, Ben Davis matches up with Center Grove? Uh, it's probably the first person that can handle Dwan Jones with Trace Jackson Davis one-on-one. I think his length and size is really going to be able to 
at least slow down DeWan compared to every other high school team basically in the state. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see if uh, Jalen Wyndham's going to be able to get those open shots again when you can just have Trace kind of go one-on-one against DeWan instead of having two or three guys have to come and help. I think Center Grove will be able to you know, either face guard or at least just be there on the catch against Wyndham and possibly slow him down, at least not let him go off like he did last week against LC. So overall, I think it's going to be a great game. Yeah, Center Grove had a really good showing uh, down in Seymour uh, in a game I really thought <coughs> Bloomington South and uh, Center Grove would be a closer game. And Jackson Davis goes out and has 40 points in that game. And in my estimation at this point, you know, becomes really the pretty much the clear front runner, I think, for Mr. Basketball. Uh, some of the other top candidates have fallen off slightly uh, or just aren't playing anymore in the in the tournament, not not really falling off. They're just not playing, um, having advanced. So Especially I think when you have that type of performance exactly. against Bloomington South, that just puts yeah. you over the top. Yeah, yeah. I think I don't think there's probably much question now. Is that kind of how you guys see it in, in that race? Yeah. Definitely. We had we had talked, I think, right at the end of the regular season, you know, in our preview of, you know, sectionals, you know, what would have to happen for Trace to not win Mr. Basketball. We said, well, you know, he had you know, Center Grove had been playing not up to what they are now in the last month of the season. Brandon Newman had been putting up big numbers. Armand Franklin had been just time and time again coming through. Cathedral had a great year. We saw well, Alex Hemingway might be able to get hot and mm-hmm. get yeah. uh, regional or semi-state possible. You know, and then you look at it, and all those guys lose in sectional. Alex loses at to Evansville Central. Um, Cathedral bows out in the sectional. Granted, that's sectional ten. We all know how tough that is. And then Brandon Newman scores nine in the sectional title game. Uh, Chesterton upsets them. So, And then you look at what Trace does. Scores 25 of their 29 right, in the in title the game. Then drops 40 against Bloomington South. who Only Jer- scores 41. Yeah, right. J.R. Holmes, only the all-time wins leader in the state. It's not like somebody who doesn't know how to game plan against good players. You know, it's just, I think, yeah, you can start engraving his name on it. Well, I, that kind of leads to the other uh the northern half uh, 4A. Uh, I watched uh, Isaiah Thompson, who Sean Busick, you know, was really adamant after the game when I talked to him that that Isaiah should be, um, you know, a top candidate, or he basically said he should be Mr. Basketball after what he did in his career at Zionsville. Um, I don't, you know, it's it's he definitely has the credentials of a uh, of a really uh, outstanding candidate, uh, over 2,000 career points. And uh, four four conference championships, and Zionsville hadn't won a sectional title since night since Brad Stevens was playing there until these last two years. Uh, but I think he probably needed that to get to that next step. And they go out against Carmel and, and uh, aren't able to get the job done. I was actually at that game, and you know, fifty three to thirty nine final, and uh, I, Carmel played really well. But what your guys' thoughts on you know Isaiah Thompson and and you know. That possibility, I, I think, probably maybe went by the wayside with them not advancing. Oh, yeah, I think, like you were saying, if they would have got past Carmel, I think that would really put them on the map. Then, you know, if they win another two games, you would have a great chance. But right now, I just don't see them being able to overpass uh, Trace there. Yeah. And it's not a knock on Isaiah or Brandon or Armand or Alex or any of these other candidates that all have had amazing years, mm-hmm. you know, all win, put up big numbers. It's just, you know, Trace is doing it at a slightly higher level. You know, it's yeah. not a knock on those other kids. Yeah, none of those other kids are doing it selfishly either. It's yeah. all within the flow of the game and doing it efficiently. So, 
And that game at Logan Sport, I, I I came away from that feeling like Carmel's probably the team to beat in uh, 4A at this point, especially with LC going out. Yeah. Um, you know, I thought maybe we'd see those two matched up in the state championship. That's not going to happen uh, now. But I still think Carmel, uh, you know, they're just so tough, and, and they get a lead on you, and it's almost just game over with. And, yeah. and Winland, again, made big shots in the third quarter. And uh, they just take care of the ball. They Zionsville really tried to focus on Malloy and then kind of rolled the dice on the three-pointer. Carmel comes out and goes 10 for 22. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, and Busick said, hey, that's, that's a possibility. We knew they could hit some shots. Andrew Owens, I thought from the outset of that game, was super confident. Um, they're just really tough. They're, you know, tough is a good word, I think, to describe that Carmel team. Yeah, they just don't beat themselves ever. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not going to make silly mistakes. They're going to take care of the ball. Like you said, they're going to hit outside shots if you leave them open, or they'll throw it inside to Malloy and let play off him. So just an overall balanced team. And when it comes to tournament time, if you're not beating yourself, you give yourself a great chance. So. Yeah. I've always wanted to try and see a team – try and make Luke Hetty into a score. Like, almost go no help on the shooters on Owens and Winley, because if those guys get hot, like you said, it just opened things up. And then if you let Malloy go one-on-one the post, he's so good. You know, I think that'd be, in my opinion, that'd be the recipe for beating Carmel is trying to turn Luke Hetty into a score and just basically let him play one-on-one and don't help on him because he wants to create open shots. You know, he's an unselfish kid. Um, now, whether you can implement and pull off that strategy, that's completely different. Well, and he had a couple too against uh, Zionsville. I think he was two for four from three, and so he can you know at times knock him down too. And Carmel will play in the Lafayette at Lafayette Jeff. They play Penn uh, on that half of the bracket, and uh, Penn twenty four and three. Probably people around Central Indiana uh, don't necessarily know much about Penn, but uh, you know this is a team that obviously is as played really well and uh you know comes into this game under al Rhodes, who's been around you know for a long long time has, has won a lot of games in his career trevor what what can people expect uh out of penn well it starts with their senior duo of drew lutz at the point guard position and noah applegate he plays inside outside for him both of those guys are over a thousand point scores for their career and those guys really make them go lutz kind of facilitates everybody while still getting his own shot but Overall, a really balanced team. They have Bo Ludwig on the perimeter, great shooter. Um, he's going to Holy Cross in Indiana to play basketball. Uh, Keegan Haskins inside is a good guy or a good post player, about six five, six six, so that gives him some size. Um, you know, I saw him against Northridge. I think they hit uh, maybe twelve three somewhere in that range. And you know, they were just Drew Lutz either setting up those guys for threes or taking off the dribble or pounded inside to Noah Applegate. So, I mean, overall, it's a real balanced team like we were talking about Carmel. But Lutz and Noah Applegate really make them go. Is this a team, do you think, uh, you've seen them play? And I've seen Applegate play uh, in the summer. How do they match up, do you think, with Carmel? Is there any advantages that they can t- t- you know, kind of take into this game? Um, I would just say their shooting can really offset a lot. Uh, Ludwig is really a dead-eye shooter. If you leave him open, he's going to make it. Lutz is real dynamic, so he can, you know, draw that help either from Malloy coming over to stop him or a perimeter guy. So I think yeah. their shooting could possibly Applegate give him a chance. can even step out, too. Yeah, and, you know, if, if he's at the five, that brings Malloy out from the basket, too, and he hits two or three. You know, that can change what Carmel wants to do defensively against them. Yeah. 
Right. Uh, Penn, uh, like you said, uh, Trevor, they were beat uh, Northridge by two points and knocked Chesterton out uh, earlier in the day in the in the regional. So, you know, we they won't, co- we won't get into that we'll, controversy. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, so Penn, you know, Penn comes in pretty hot. You know, the two of their three losses came before Christmas, so they haven't lost a whole lot here recently. But that's kind of the nature of most of these teams at this point in the in the season. So that the uh, Penn Carmel uh, is at Lafayette Jeff. Ben Davis Center Grove is down in Washington. Uh, of course, the semi-state round, and and I always, you know, it's gosh, it's a, I don't know, if just social media or Twitter, but you know, people just complain about just about everything, and it's just kind of part of the nature of things. But uh, you know, this is kind of a week where the travel uh, talk comes in, and it's like, gosh, why are Ben Davis and Center Grove playing it? this far away in Washington and it doesn't really make sense you know you got two schools that you know could meet at uh, Decatur Central and that would be a lot closer <laughs> than uh, going all the way down there uh, but it's also harder you can't just set it up the week of you know under this current system and you could argue I would say you know ideally you just get rid of the semi-state round have a two-day state finals you know and it, I think that'd be awesome I don't you know logistically of being able to execute that and get Banker's Life for two days, I don't, you know, that that's not for, you know, I can't just snap my fingers and make that happen. No. I just say I can't either, but. Come on, Kyle, you can make yeah, everything happen. Yeah, I, I can just make it happen in my mind, but. Uh, what about, like, Hinkle for the semis and uh, Banker's Life for the finals? There you go. <laughs> now we're talking. But, I, but you know, the thing is, it's just not that easy to get these sites and just, you know, do it yeah. the week of. So, you know, it. People travel all the time for AAU. It's it's just yeah. you know. So to me, it's you know. it's people complaining about. It's finding something to complain about. I per semi state's my favorite round of the state tournament. Well, I that's because you're weird. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love semi state because you see the kids and they they all understand that the prize is right there. Right. You know, it's 32 minutes in front of them. That hey, if all we gotta do is win this next 32 minutes, we're going to state. And for a lot, of, especially the smaller schools, um, I think, you know, I was looking through the teams here. A lot of the teams that we have in the semi-state have been to state recently. So it's maybe not as new or fresh for them. But, you know, you see a team like Southwood last year mm-hmm. or, you know, some of these other schools that haven't been that far. The semi-state round is, I mean, for them, that's almost as good as getting to state. Yeah, I do. there have been some really memorable semi-state games that I've covered through the years at Greensburg making it. I mean, remember that was a huge deal. Uh, Tech, I don't know if you guys were there when they almost blew that uh, Bloomington North game at Richmond. Yeah, I wasn't there. They are up by 30 and going into the fourth quarter and almost lost the whole thing. That was memorable because of that. Um, but, you know, I don't, I don't know. I guess to me it's, it's uh, you know, you get to go play in the Hatchet House. You know, in, in retrospect, you remember last year's Warren Central New Albany game in the semi-state at Seymour. That might be one of the best semi-state games ever. Yeah, and there were, even at the time, people were like, "Gosh, why do we have to drive?" Like, do you really remember the drive? I mean, or do you remember <laughs> the game? I mean, so if you win that drive back is pretty nice. Pretty nice, yeah. So it is kind of far to go. I mean, it is a couple-hour drive to Washington for these <clears throat> for these schools, but you know, there's no easy there's no easy answer. I don't think they don't. The IHSA doesn't want these Indianapolis teams not to have to travel at all. You know, and it's not fair to the. You know, what if uh, Castle wins the regional, you know, and, and uh, they have to drive up to Southport to play Southport or whatever? I mean, that's not fair either. So I don't know what the answer is exactly. I mean, you, you've got to have sites that have big enough, uh, you know, facility to host 
these teams and there's the sites have to want to host them too. They have you to can't just host make them. a school do it. And right. like you said, there's probably only maybe twenty to twenty five gyms in the whole state that have the capacity enough to have a semi state. Then you have to have the schools want to do it. And like you said, you can't really just say on Sunday, well, hey, you're going to do it. Now you got to scramble volunteers. you got to scramble all the people necessary to pull it off. Right. You have to have these sites picked out in advance. Right. And, and Richmond was kind of an out of the way, just no, nobody's fault. They're just way on the Ohio border over there and, and kind of out of the way. For a lot of, you know, you had Vincennes Reve driving to Richmond, I remember, that for girls. And that was, you know, that's a that's probably not fair to them either so i don't know what the you know, the the answer is for that exactly but uh just enjoy the drive you know turn <laughs> turn on the radio or listen to this podcast on the way down there um you know you so you talked about 4a the the two matchups that we have there in 3a locally uh, i was over at addicts yesterday talking to chris hawkins a little bit uh addicts won the Greencastle regional so they're back uh going to semi-state and they're playing at seymour again and they will play uh, Attics Course 1 two years ago, uh, went through Seymour and beat uh, Evansville Bossy in a really fun game. Uh, they'll play a really good team, uh, Silver Creek, 23-3. and three. And, uh, Trevor, I know Silver Creek is a team. You know, they've played some games up around here, have a couple really good sophomores, and I think they'll give uh, give Attics a really good game. I think, to me, that looks like about a toss-up type of game. Yeah, Trey Kaufman, the sophomore for Silver Creek, is really good. He's going to be a kid that's really emerged here and, really going to take another step this spring and summer but he's going to be tough for addicts to, to handle then you have cooper jacoby alongside with him another sophomore and they have plenty plenty of senior leadership too zane gross i think their second all-time leading scorer there is a guard um jack hawkins is a really good shooter for them so i mean they have more pieces than just kaufman and jacoby inside but yeah i think it's going to be a great matchup what it comes down to for me is can Silver Creek handle the pressure of Addicts? I mean, Christmas Addicts is going to want to get up and down the court, so if they don't handle the ball, I think it could go towards Addicts a little bit, but I guess we'll see. Yeah, I think this will be a, a fun up-and-down type of game, uh, especially if, if Addicts has its way. Sincere McMahon came up big uh, for them against Beach Grove on uh, Saturday night, uh, had six threes in that game, and of course uh, Harold Bennett, uh, sprained his ankle uh, in that game, but uh, sounds like he's going to be okay. But really played more of a facilitator role as that game went on. And Beach Grove a really tough out, uh, and Addicts felt like they played really well to to beat Beach Grove uh, after beating Owen Valley uh, earlier in the day. So you know, a, a team in Addicts uh, that's not uh, necessarily what they were two years ago as far as personnel goes. I don't think as far as shooting goes, right. uh, that team could really score and really shoot. Uh, this team's a little bit different than uh, you know than that one. Probably not as balanced as that team either. But but the way Harold Bennett can play in McMahon, they have two guards who can really really get it. And I would say they have a little bit more size and athleticism right. than those teams. Like Jaquan Edwards inside right. is really yeah. tough. So. Mm-hmm. Silver Creek's not afraid to get up and down. I think this could be a, a very very high scoring game. You know, and they've got. They don't go really deep, but the five they start are, you know, as good as any five in in three A. Um, like you said, Zane Gross and Cooper Jacoby as compliments to Trey Kaufman. Um, I think the balance is key for Silver Creek. Um, if Addicts gets both Harold Bennett and Sincere McMahon going on the same night, man, I would hate to be a, a coach trying to figure out how to stop both of those guys if they have they're both attacking and aggressive on the same night and have it going. 
I think it's interesting here too. Attics play such a tough schedule. Uh, you know, they almost all their losses are to four A teams. Then Burbuff beat them uh, by one uh, in a home game without Harold. Without Harold Bennett, so um, you know they're really tested. But so is Silver Creek. I mean, they they play a really good schedule. Uh, they beat New Albany uh, earlier this year. They played. Uh, uh, Princeton in the regional final, a really good team. So it's not like they haven't been tested. They play a lot of good – Jeffersonville beat them uh, earlier in the year, but they play a really good schedule. Yeah, and they played Bloomington South earlier. And mm-hmm. almost, that was just an insane game. Both teams were just making shots left and right, and they ended up losing by two, I think. But just an incredible game, and they were right with a team that made it to what the regional championship game in 4A. So they're right there. So that game's uh, 3 o'clock at uh, Seymour. Uh, should be a really good crowd. I know Attics is, is planning to have a good crowd down there, and I'm sure Silver Creek will bring a ton of people uh, to uh, to Seymour. Uh, and then the other half of 3A, it's going to be at Elkhart, uh, where Culver Academy, the defending state champs in 3A, plays Marion. And uh, really interesting game there. Again, uh, Marion... You know, coming off, they were the only team this year to beat Delta, beat them in the in the regional championship game, and uh, won in a low scoring game, forty five thirty nine. But this is a team that can score a lot of points. They're starting to get healthy as the year went on, and uh, another Blackman, Jalen Blackman, I had a chance to see him play earlier this year. Really, a, a, a of course he can score. His name's Blackman, but he can, he also handles the ball really well. And uh, this this sets up as a really interesting game. You know, what do you, what do you guys? kind of expect in Elkhart uh, at 6 o'clock on Saturday. Kind of going back to that Marion Delta game, I was surprised that Marion won playing in that low-scoring game. I thought it would be a fast-paced, high-scoring game if they were going to beat Delta, but kind of just shows their versatility a little bit with Blackman, J.K. Thomas, and the freshman Rasheed Jones, kind of that three guys on the, the perimeter that can really score for them. Yeah, and, and obviously Jalen Blackman gets all the, all the pub. I mean, he's putting up, I think, just over 30 a game or just under right around 30 a game. But I love their supporting cast with J.K. Thomas. He's one of the toughest, most fearless guards you'll find. You know, He'll let you know about it, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's just a, uh, you say bulldog point guard. That's what he is. And then I think Rasheed Jones as a freshman is definitely going to be a name to know statewide in that 2022 class he's just scratching the surface of what he's capable of and he's having a really a great freshman year and like i said it's just the tip of the iceberg with him yeah younger brother of reggie jones who played on that uh, state championship team for marion a couple of years ago uh so good uh you know good genes there and marion's always got good guard play it seems like and they will be a, a tough out i think against culver although culver's got pretty much their their main crew from last year back galloway uh, Ethan Britton Watts and uh, Craig, all three played key role for that team last year. They're they're very good defensive team, and uh, you know I think we'll be ready to go. I'm sure on, on Saturday night. And it seems like they're following that same path they did last year, where they got better as the season went along. And Ethan Britton Watts, the senior, is taking his game to a new level. So it's going to be a dynamic game between them and Marion. There might not be a team playing better in the state than Culver. Yeah. You know, over the last. Their only loss um, since the second week of December was by one point to yeah, Lumiere. Bo- right, number one in the nation. Yeah, right. yeah the <laughs> best should have beat them basically. Yeah, that so, that uh, yeah, that's a, that's an impressive uh, uh, run that they lost to Mishawaka Marion early on and then avenged that loss uh, in the tournament. So that that should be a really good game. Uh, I would probably favor Culver slightly, but uh, should be entertaining. The other game. 
uh, up in Elkhart that day will be uh, Fort Wayne Blackhawk and Lafayette uh, Central Catholic. That'll be in the one A game in the one A uh, semi state up there, and then uh, also go down in two A. And I actually made a visit up to uh, Frankton uh, today to uh, talk to those guys. They play at Lafayette on the, at one o'clock on Saturday, and, and probably a lot of people thought Westview uh, might be in this game, uh, but Andrean beats them and uh, sets up an Andrean versus Frankton matchup. Frankton, uh, another team from fairly locally, not far away from here, and, and a team that has had a lot of success under Brent Brobston, uh, you know, and they won state two years ago. What do you guys think about this game? I know this has been a team um, that has just, again, continued to get better. All their losses came early in the year uh, to, to really good teams. Uh, lost to uh, their rival lapel. And I think West Westfield beat them too. But uh, again, this is a, a team that very tested uh, throughout the year and has good senior leadership too. Yeah, it's good to see you know Caden Key and Ryland Detling and that group of seniors you know make it far during their senior year since they've been so good throughout their career. But they're going to definitely get a big game against Andrea. And I saw them uh, Saturday against Marquette, and their size is probably going to be a problem. You have Kyle Ross, um, Eric. Kendrick comes off the bench, another about 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six kid. And then their guards are all big, too. So they'll post up one through five, basically. If you, they have a size advantage, they know how to get it to them, and their guards know how to play in the post. So that's going to be interesting to watch. Yeah, and, and that's the one weakness, I think, for this Frankton team is it is basically four guards around Ryland Detling. Mm-hmm. And, you know, offensively, um, they run a lot of Princeton stuff to take advantage of their skill level, but defensively I mean they are what they are they're not very big um, and Ryland's not even really a, a thick physical presence inside he's tall but he's not you know a 240 pound bruiser so I think you know of all the matchups they could have I think this might be the one that would worry uh, Brett Brobson the most is just like Trevor said the size of Andrain and they know how to use that size too Trevor what do you see out of Kyle Ross I know he's a name that's kind of on the radar for uh, recruiting wise too he was really good in the regional. I think he had double doubles in both games. He's another guy that can play inside, but he likes to pop out and hit that three as well. So, really tough to defend. Um, he even took it off the dribble a couple times and dunked one against Marquette. So, it's going to be a tough matchup for uh, Frankton. Definitely going to have to help on him and kind of bring somebody over, get it out of his hands, make somebody else beat you. The other half of the two uh, A bracket is Shenandoah, twenty six and one, and uh, Linton Stockton twenty six and three. Linton Stockton with a, a big comeback win uh, to beat Paoli uh, in the first game of that regional, and then uh, knocked off Tell City. Uh, that's going to be there's going to be a lot of fans at that at that game, I'm sure, down at Seymour. Uh, Shenandoah, of course, Dave McCulloch, the, the former Noblesville coach, and he's got a really good group uh, this year of uh, younger guys, young sophomore players, and uh, they knocked off. Heritage Christian in a tough game there in Greenfield. And then uh, Northeastern, which uh, probably a little bit of a surprise to beat Monrovia and then gave Shenandoah a tough game in the in the championship game. But uh, this Shenandoah team is is uh, is loaded. And, uh, and Linton is, too, under uh, Joey Hart. They've got a good group there. Uh, what do you guys see out of that, that matchup and see more? Um, uh, I know Shenandoah, I think, you know, going back to Frankton, I mean, Shenandoah – it's a really fun team to watch. It kind of reminds me a little bit of the Connersville teams from a few years ago with Bo Isaacs and Grant Smith and Garrett Silcott. Um, not afraid to be patient. They have multiple guys who can hit shots and make plays. Um, the leader is obviously Andrew Bennett, sophomore point guard. Um, but 
I've seen them three times this year, and they've had a different leading scorer each time. Um, they have basically no size. They start um, Peyton Starks, who's their quarterback on their football team. He's six foot, maybe six one, but he was really the the turning point. They were down three uh, at halftime to Northeastern. Really missed probably five or six bunnies at the rim. All discombobulated. He comes out, scores their first nine in the third quarter against uh, Northeastern's front line, which is six three, six four, so undersized. Um, just a smart physical kid can take you off the dribble from the elbow. Um, their only loss this year is a double overtime to New Pal, who almost beat Ben Davis in the regional championship at the four A level. So um, you know they're a good team. I think Linton Stockton's going to have a, a physical advantage against them, a size advantage. Uh, most teams will, but that should be a really really fun game especially if Shenandoah gets the ball moving and get Linton Stockton kind of scrambling defensively cuz they definitely have a lot of playmakers yeah. and for Linton Stockton Lincoln Hales the guy that yeah. kind of makes it go sophomore about 6364 good shooter and can take it off the dribble a little bit so Shenandoah stops Hale I think that will really clog up you know uh Linton Stockton's offense but he's a pretty good player yeah should be a really good good uh, game down there in Seymour really good Two games there in Seymour, and I think they'll have a great crowd uh, for both of those games. So, and then in one A, uh, touched on Fort Wayne Blackhawk plays uh, Central Cat Lafayette Central Catholic uh, up in Elkhart at four o'clock, and then uh, the game leading into uh, Center Grove and uh, Ben Davis in Washington and Bar Reeve. Right, they get a, basically a home game there. Uh, they play Bloomfield and uh, Bar Reeve and and and. Uh, Fort Wayne Blackhawk kind of been on a collision course all year, and it looks like that may happen if both can. Uh, well, certainly if both can win Saturday, but I, I would say both are probably pretty good favorites in those games. Yeah, I would think so. I think LCC has a chance to keep it close against Blackhawk just because the way they move the ball and their balance and pretty good defensive team along the way. So I, I give them a chance against Blackhawk, but like you said, Bar Reeve and uh, Blackhawk are kind of set up to meet each other in that one A final. This Barry Bloomfield game is, I mean, they only played three weeks ago, I think. Um, like the mm-hmm. next to last game of the regular season, I want to say, um, or maybe the last one. Barry won by eight. Um, you know, Brian Hughes is gone at Barry, but it's still the same Barry. It's still, they're not going to beat themselves. They're like a, the 1A version of Carmel, they're going to have skill. They have some size. They're not going to beat themselves. All those kids They'll be know, physical with you. Yeah. yeah, all those kids know how to play. Um, so that's going to be interesting. I mean, that's becoming a nice little rivalry down there, Bar even Bloomfield. Bloomfield made it to state a few, three or four years ago. Uh, yeah. Eli yeah. Coombs, I think. Yeah, they played, uh, I believe it was 2016 in the uh, championship game, and they lose to uh, – it makes for a good podcast when you're looking stuff up. <laughs> Uh, Liberty Christian, that's right. It was yeah. in 2016. They lost to Liberty Christian in the championship pretty handily, but uh, definitely a school that has a lot of basketball tradition. Um, let's go through real quick, too. I think we picked out our winners there. I think we both have a bar even in uh, in uh, Fort Wayne Blackhawk getting through. Let's start with, uh, you know, we we'll talked about 1A there. Let's just start with 4A. Uh, who do you guys like uh, in the 4A bracket? Uh, we've touched on both those games. Who do you who do you guys see getting through? Uh, Penn, Carmel, and uh, Ben Davis, Center Grove. Uh, I would go with Carmel over Penn, and then Center Grove over Ben Davis. I think 
Trace Jackson Davis is going to be enough to slow down Dewan Jones inside and kind of get him over the hump there. I'm going to go Carmel and Ben Davis um, as my picks. I think Jalen Windham um, is the key there. Center Grove, you know, it'll be interesting to see who they put on Windham. And I was really impressed with Cam Mall, his play. Yeah, me too. He can be solid against uh, Center Grove's guards. I think he has a little bit of a quickness advantage there. Uh, so I'm going to pick Carmel and Ben Davis as my 2-4-A. I'm going to take Carmel in a closer-than-expected game, I think, at Lafayette. Mm-hmm. I think that'll be a – I think the panel will find a way to keep that one close. And then uh, I'm going to take Ben Davis by a, a head over Center Grove. I think that'll be – again, I think that's a really a toss-up uh, type of game. And, and uh, I think if Trace Jackson Davis goes off, it's going to be really hard for Ben Davis. But uh, I do I do think if, if Dewan can stay out of foul trouble, and that's always a question you know, with him sometimes, is how is the game being called? And, uh, you know, if he, if he can stay out of foul trouble and stay on the court, uh, I think Ben Davis has a good shot. But uh, I, I'm really – Interested to see this game and really looking forward to covering that one because I think it's going to be a really good, really good game. In uh, 3A, uh, Culver Academy and Marion, uh, like I said, playing in Elkhart, Attics, and Silver Creek at Seymour. Again, looks like two really good games. Who do you guys like in those two? I think, um, like I said, you know, we were talking about this. I don't know if there's a team in the state playing better than Culver right now. Um, I think they're very balanced, so I'm going to pick them over Marion. And I'm going to take Silver Creek over over. Uh, addicts. I just, you know, I really like the mixture of youthful talent and experience that Silver Creek has, and obviously they've been tested too. Uh, so those are my three A picks. Um, yeah, I'm going with Culver Academies as well. Just playing too well. I think they're going to be able to slow down Jalen Blackman and uh, be able to get over the hump there. And um, I'm going to go with Crispus Addicts. I think they're going to turn over Silver Creek enough to get some easy baskets, and uh, I'll go with Addicts in, in the South. I'm going to take the upset in the north. I'm taking Marion, probably a slight upset, I would say, and I'll take Addicts in the in the other game, and I think that'll be a really uh, fun. I think that could be in the 70s, possibly in the in the Silver Creek Addicts game. So I'll have Addicts and Marion. That'd be I think that'd be a fun matchup next week. I think any of the four really in the 3A bracket. I think that's been a strong class all year, yeah, and uh, I think it's playing out that way in the tournament. Uh, in 2A, uh, we've got again uh, Andrean and Frankton are playing at Lafayette. Shenandoah and Linton, and uh, let's start with you, Trevor. Who do you like in those two? Uh, I'm going to go with Andrean. I think their size advantage is going to be enough to get by Frankton, and then I'll go with Shenandoah to get it done over uh, Linton Stockton. I'm going to take Andrean as well up north and go with uh, Linton Stockton in the south. Uh, Joey Hart took the Miners to state a few years back. Um, Lincoln Hale, I know he took a kind of a nasty fall in the regional title game. Um, so, but with a week to rest up, um, he should be ready to go. Uh, Kip Fugarasi um, as another kid there. I think they'll have a size advantage. That's going to be a they're going to want to play football on the hardwood against Shenandoah when they see um, how big Shenandoah is. So, uh, I'll go uh, Andrain and Linton Stockton. I'll take Franklin and Shenandoah, and I think that'll be a you know two teams that aren't all that far away from each other uh, playing for a state yeah. championship. That could be a lot of fun. I looked it up today. I think it was twenty six or twenty seven miles. And they don't play each other in the regular season, which I thought was kind of interesting. That two teams a that strange, could, yeah, they yeah. could play each other there. Yeah, so. So I know Frankton. Uh, looking forward to uh, to playing in this one. Having uh, just talked to those guys today, and and uh, they got some Cadoba today. So hopefully, <laughs> oh, you know, hopefully that'll uh, set them up well for the weekend. So 
Uh, appreciate you guys again for uh, for coming on and uh, and talking semi state basketball. The Sharks' favorite week of the of the, of the season. <laughs> I, I definitely dig semi state. <laughs> dig it. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks. Thanks. thanks.